The Proof of Biblical Forgiveness Today's Scripture Matthew 6, 14-15 For if you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Bible in a Year, 1 Chronicles 16-18, John 7 28-53 All people in the world might or could ask for forgiveness, and possibly the opposite party would grant forgiveness, and there may even be an act of compassion or favor to reinforce the Forgiveness Act. But we ask, what about the biblical proofs of forgiveness as taught by the Lord Yesu Christ? I mean, after all, when we look at the qualifications of Jesus to make the forgiveness rule, He is more than qualified. The Son of God, He laid down His life on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. The Father, God, will forgive our sins no other way than through Jesus. So Jesus knows all about forgiveness, and He says that we must forgive each other, and we are to pray for those who are enemies, and for those who persecute us, and above all we are to forgive through love as demonstrated by Jesus Himself. Anyone, believers, and unbelievers alike, can say, Will you forgive me? Or I forgive you. As stated previously, biblical forgiveness is impossible for unbelievers to understand fully or to practice. On the other H, and believers in Christ are divinely empowered to grant biblical forgiveness that is validated by measurable proofs. We as believers sometimes fail to demonstrate these proofs initially, but, eventually, believers who are growing in Christ's likeness will faithfully exhibit the following proofs of biblical forgiveness. 1. Biblical love will be given to those who are offered forgiveness. 1 Peter 4 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. 1 Corinthians 13 4 8a, Love is patient, and kind, love does not envy or boast, it is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. 2. Any communication about sins of others will have to follow, and conform to scriptural guidelines, and not the following of emotional impulses. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Proverbs 17.9 Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Matthew 18.15-17 If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, between you, and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. 3. Ongoing prayer, and help, and blessings are given on behalf to those who need forgiveness. Luke 6 27-28 But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. 1 Peter 3 9. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. 4. Personal growth in Christ is the goal of daily life instead of focusing on the past sins of others. We must be focused only on Jesus and ready to forgive.
Philippians 3:12-14. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4:8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 5. Concentrated efforts will be made to remain at peace with the person or persons offering forgiveness, even though ongoing fellowship may not be possible. Romans 12:18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Hebrews 12:14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 6. A readiness to help restore others who need forgiveness is ever present and cannot be neglected or ignored. Galatians 6:1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Romans 15:1-2. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. 1 Thessalonians 5:14 And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. How to ask for forgiveness? One of the most overlooked aspects of forgiveness is how to ask for it. Asking for forgiveness should not be done according to human wisdom nor simply generated by emotional intensity. Asking for forgiveness should instead be based on biblical truth, especially with regard to personal responsibility and esteeming others as more important than oneself. Any important endeavor of life requires planning, and forgiveness is certainly one of those undertakings. If you are a believer in Christ and ask another person to forgive you, be sure to speak the truth about your sin. Truth means bringing everything to light. In the Bible, this is described as being verifiable, indisputable, without pretense or deception, devoid of any hint of falsehood, unconcealed and complete with all the facts. Ephesians 4:25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Scriptural guidelines can help one realize God's purposes through biblical forgiveness. There is more to biblical forgiveness than the question, "Will you forgive me?" One, since asking for forgiveness involves your mention of personal wrongdoings, do not judge or bring up another person's failures in your confession. For example, you could say, "A, please forgive me for slamming the door in your face." Do not say, "B, please forgive me for slamming the door in your face when you called me stupid." Since there is no valid excuse for sinning, Do not give excuses for failing to be Christ-like. For example, you could say, "A, please forgive me for using unwholesome words." Don't say, "B, please forgive me for using unwholesome words, but I was having a bad day." 1 Corinthians 10:13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it to a presentation that includes the lord personal responsibility 
specific sins, repentance, and Christ-honoring intentions for the future, and asking for forgiveness might be stated like so. I recognize that I have sinned against the Lord, and you by, name the specific sins. It is my intention never again to repeat this offense against you or anyone else. I repent, and will change by doing the following. Explain your specific plan for change. I have asked the Lord to forgive me, and I want you to know that I desire your forgiveness as well. Will you please forgive me? 1 John 1 7-8 But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Matthew 7:12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law, and the prophets. James 5:16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. 3. It is often helpful to practice asking for forgiveness by first writing it, and then saying it out loud. In addition to practicing what you will say, prepare for various responses from the other person by writing, and rehearsing what you would do, and say if the other person replies with statements such as, A. Oh, that's all right, minimizing sin. B. Don't worry about it, avoiding a commitment to forgive. C. People do that all the time making excuses for sinful behavior. D. I will not forgive you, refusing to reconcile. E. I'll forgive you, but I won't forget it, harboring a grudge. 4. When believers ask for forgiveness, they should remember to stay focused on Christ, and be ready to explain the difference Jesus has made in their lives. Be ready to give a short testimony statement about how God blessed you. Hebrews 12one 2 Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right age and of the throne of God. 1 Peter 3:13-17, and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed, and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. In response to oh, that's all right or don't worry about it or people do that all the time, you might say, even though my actions may not have bothered or offended you, I recognize that my actions toward you are unloving, contrary to what the Bible teaches, and not pleasing to God. Since my desire is to be more Christ-like, and to love you God's way, would you please forgive me? If the offended person says, I won't forgive you, you might respond with, I am deeply sorry that I have so offended you. I regret that I was unloving to you, and not acting as the Bible teaches me to do. I have made a commitment to live in a more Christ-like manner in our relationship, and will be praying that our future interaction will demonstrate that commitment. If you ask for forgiveness, and hear a response similar to, I will forgive you but I won't forget it, you might say, I regret being part of such a painful memory in your life. My behavior was certainly unloving. I commit to act, 
and speak in such a way that our future relationship will, hopefully, be surrounded by much better remembrances. After developing and reviewing your plan to ask for forgiveness, consider the best time to approach the person whom you have wronged. When the person is not busy, ask if you can discuss your failure. If that time is not appropriate for the other person, ask if there is another time in which a conversation may take place. When the meeting takes place, the objective is to confess your sin and ask for forgiveness. Proverbs 25:11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Proverbs 15:23. To make an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. Philippians 2:4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Romans 14:19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Since some sins impact many people, you can meet separately with each person or, if appropriate, with everyone as a group. The basic reason that believers will not forgive. Unbelievers will legitimize their refusal to forgive others. mainly for self-oriented reasons and because they don't know any better. Believers in Christ can also elect not to forgive because of self-interest. Believers, however, primarily refuse to forgive biblically because they do not realize and understand the magnitude of their forgiveness from the Lord. As a result, they do not fully appreciate God's work on their behalf. Jesus addressed this issue in Matthew 18:21 to 35 in response to a question from Peter. Matthew 18:21 to 35 Then Peter came to him and said, "Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to 7 times?" Jesus said to him, "I do not say to you up to 7 times, but up to 70 times 7. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, and when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. To demonstrate this truth, Jesus said the impossible debt was 10,000 talents, an amount estimated to be as high as 70 million dollars. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, "Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all." Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. God The king in the parable mercifully released the debtor from this overwhelming debt of sin. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid each hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, "Pay me what you owe." So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, "Have patience with me, and I will pay you all." And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. When this forgiven debtor had opportunity to forgive another person of a much smaller debt of 100 denarii, estimated to be about $70, his lack of awareness and thankfulness for his own debt-free status was profound. Forgiven of $70 million yet unwilling to forgive $70? So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, "You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you 
from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. In this parable, Jesus reminds us that each person's debt of sin is beyond one's own ability to redeem. This is hard to believe, isn't it? Yet, when we as believers in Christ refuse to forgive others, we are similar to the unthankful debtor in the parable. Believers who will not forgive display staggering ingratitude for God's forgiveness of their overwhelming debt of sin pardon through the sacrifice of Jesus. Romans 5 7 10. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Forgiveness linked to thankfulness. The most profitable step believers can take when faced with the supposed impossibility of forgiving others is to review their own salvation. As believers grow in their understanding of God's forgiveness, and acceptance of them, their thankfulness will increase for the price Christ paid for their redemption. Thankfulness for Christ's sacrifice will overshadow any personal cost believers may incur in forgiving others. A believer's unwillingness to forgive others carries a consequence of equality. Total forgiveness is taught in the scripture, and without it, there is no forgiveness given in either circumstance, other words our forgiveness of others equals God's forgiveness for ourselves. As Ephesians 4.32 states, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We believers are to forgive others as God in Christ has forgiven us. Since forgiveness is not a suggestion but is a beneficial divine command, believers sin by failing to obey the Lord. James 4.17 Therefore, to him who knows to do good, and does not do it, to him it is sin. A. When believers disobey God's word, they can expect the corrective discipline of the Lord. This discipline is designed to help believers mature to greater Christ-likeness. Hebrews 12 6-11 For whom the Lord loves he chastens, disciplines, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, disciplining, God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom a father does not chasten, discipline? But if you are without chastening, disciplining, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate, and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of Spirits, and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened, disciplined, us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening, disciplining, seems to be joyful for the present, but painful, nevertheless, Afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now we need to look at this discipline, and understand that there are many teaching that God loves us, and does not ever discipline us, really? The Bible just said that discipline, yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness, and to those trained by it. B. One of the ways that the Lord disciplines unforgiving believers is to limit their prayer effectiveness. Unforgiving believers are typically unaware that their prayers are hindered dramatically when they will not forgive others. Let us review the following scripture, we have seen these earlier in this study. Psalm 66:18. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Matthew 6:14-15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Mark 11:25-26. And whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. See, when a believer chooses to sin for a period of time, which includes a refusal to forgive, spiritual discernment will diminish. Hebrews 5:11-14. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. James 1 22-25. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. d. The Lord also disciplines unforgiving believers by withholding forgiveness of their everyday shortcomings. This withholding of forgiveness does not disprove the eternal family relationship between God and His children but vibrant, ongoing communion between the Father and His children is hindered. See Matthew 6 14-15 and Mark 11:25-26 from earlier. Benefits of Biblical Forgiveness As we stated earlier in this lesson, forgiveness is at the heart of Christianity. There is no activity of Christian life that is more closely aligned to the love of God and the willing sacrifice of Christ than forgiving others. Believers who truly desire to grow in Christ will be characterized by this loving practice. Typically, believers learn to forgive faithfully by going through situations in which they struggle to forgive others, even to the point of choosing not to forgive for a period of time. God uses these particular trials to develop the practice of forgiveness in the life of a believer, and, as a result, to grow in Christ. All of life's difficulties allow a believer to die to self in order to learn more of Christ, and to experience God's mercy, grace, and love. Relying on the Lord, faithful followers of Christ will graciously grant forgiveness to those who have sinned against them. In the process, these believers will mature in Christ. A. When believers forgive others in a biblical manner, they demonstrate their love for the Lord by being obedient to His Word. When believers forgive, their love for the Lord is evidenced, and their love for others is demonstrated. I can't even tell you how many times I have heard public prayers by believers say, Father, let Jesus be seen through me today. Well, this is showing Jesus to the world, by forgiving others. 1 John 5 3 For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. 1 John 4 20-21 If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. In practicing forgiveness, believers fulfill the two great commandments Christ emphasized in. Matthew 22 37-39, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it, 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. B. Believers who obey God's word by forgiving others also have the potential for a vibrant and productive prayer life. 1 John 3:22. And whatever we ask we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments, and do what pleases Him. C. Believers display the difference Jesus has made in their lives when they forgive biblically. This purposeful action provides opportunity to turn others' attention to the Lord. Matthew 5:13-16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven.